Hello, I'm Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm recording this on Wednesday, March 29, 2023. Welcome back to another audio commentary as I continue going through the newest season of Bungo Stray Dogs. Last time we looked at Season 4, Episode 12 of Bungo Stray Dogs, Episode 49 overall. Today we're doing audio commentary for what is supposed to be the final episode of this season, at least as far as I know as I'm recording this. That being Season 4, Episode 13, Episode 50 overall, titled Skyfall. This audio commentary is being released Wednesday night for any patrons at the $5 tier, at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. And then this commentary will be public and free starting the following Tuesday morning to watch on YouTube or listen via the podcast RSS link in the description. There is also a spoiler warning for all of Bungo Stray Dogs, and I do mean all of it, up to chapter 106 of the Bungo Stray Dogs manga as well as a spoiler warning for everything else related to Bungo Stray Dogs, including films, stage plays, light novels, audio dramas, anything with the Bungo name on it. And hi, future me interrupting past me. I am also going to spoil something else. After recording this audio commentary, I checked the news and saw Season 5 of Bungo Stray Dogs was announced. Is not mentioned in the episode itself proper, which is annoying that they end with to be continued instead of actually just ending with the trailer for the next season. I'll get to my thoughts on the season 5 trailer at the end of this audio commentary, so let's talk about where you can skip around. You can go ahead and pull out the newest episode on Crunchyroll, and if you want to skip my preamble and just get to the audio commentary, it starts at the 25 minutes, 20 seconds marker, and if you want to hear my thoughts on the Season 5 trailer, you can skip to 49 minutes, 30 seconds. And now, back to Past Me. There is also a spoiler warning for all of Bungo Stray Dogs, and I do mean all of it, up to Chapter 106 of the Bungo Stray Dogs manga, as well as a spoiler warning for everything else related to Bungo Stray Dogs, including films, stage plays, light novels, audio dramas, anything with the Bungo name on it. What have I seen so far of this episode? I had the episode already pulled up, and I didn't pause it in time, so I did see a bit of the cold opening. We'll get to that in a moment. But what else did I see? Kadokawa released a teaser trailer on Monday, March 27, 2023. And if this is indeed the final episode this season, we're ending on a sad note. In the previous audio commentary, I already went over what Studio Bones would have to do with this episode, so I'll avoid going over all of that again. Let's just cover a bit of what is in the trailer. The music in this trailer is sad. Our focus is on Sigma, specifically Atushi using his tiger tail to swing himself and Sigma to safety, and this trailer also shows a moment right before Sigma's sacrifice. Before this audio commentary where I'm probably going to be doing a lot of tears for Sigma talk, let's pay attention first to Atushi here. What else we see him do and what was cut in the previous episode. Season 4, episode 12 cut a lot of what Atushi, Lucy, and Kyoka were up to. Namely how they were following through with what Ango determined was Dazai's plan, that being they needed the hunting dogs to know they were there at Sky Casino so that when the agency interferes to stop Sigma's terrorist attack and helps the hunting dogs arrest Sigma, they would then be vindicated. The agency would be vindicated and look like the good guys again and be able to convince the hunting dogs to stop chasing them and to listen to them as they will use Sigma to expose what they and the rest of the Decay the Angel was doing from the attack on Taneda to faking the death of those government officials all to frame the agency. Atushi is really hoping, okay, if we can make the hunting dogs believe us, we will then be able to save the agency. 
Too bad none of that is what's going to happen in this episode, but we'll get to that when it comes up. There is one scene in that trailer, though, that bothers me. There's a scene where Atushi and Kyoko look like they are in disagreement about something. And I don't remember that scene from the manga. In fact, the trailer, at least to me, made it look like Atushi and Kyoka are being deathly serious, which they are, but I'm the one misreading this. It looks like they're about to get into an argument when actually that's not what happens. In the manga, it's a scene of Kyoka telling Atushi, I'm going to cut a path for you that will lead you downstairs where you can then help the hunting dog stop Sigma and the Decay of the Angel, and then that will prove the agency's innocence. So it's Kyoka being deathly serious about, okay, Atushi, you need a direct path, good luck, I'm kind of for you, and Atushi saying thank you, and then diving down to stop Sigma. But it's played off so serious, it's played off that I'm reading this, misreading it as, oh, Atushi and Kyoka look really upset with each other when, no, that's not what is happening here. It's all the stranger because... I mean, it's weird. So far, the anime hasn't really fed our hopes at all that this plan will work. We've seen the agency trying attempt after attempt, and it doesn't work. They try to stop Gogol, and they get framed. They try to escape the hunting dogs. Kunikita blows up. They try to rescue Yosano. She is... Well, you'll see what happened to her after Tachihara aimed his gun and fired at her. We don't know where Kenji, Tanazaki, and Rampo are. That's not even getting into some of the agency's allies, and I doubt we're going to find out what happens to them by the end of today's episode. I mean, there is one spoiler from the manga that I'll be shocked if they adapt it, and I might as well spoil it now. The opening title sequence shows Katai and Aya. We haven't seen either of them this season. There's a reason they're in that opening. They are, I mean, one of them is really important for what's going to happen next. The other one is kind of a, well, Katai is here. We need to explain what happened to him because, of course, the government would want to take him into custody given his previous affiliation with the agency. But this could be a pretty bad ending for the entire agency, and we're Good need to see just how far reaching that is. Like, there's not been a lot here to make us think the agencies go pull this off, and I'm going to talk more in a bit about how depressing the audience might be working against the show because at a certain point, you need to get the agency a victory, and it, it's just getting worse and worse for them. It's not making victory all the sweeter. It just feels like you're torturing the audience. But I'm getting off script, so let me get back on topic. This arc is trying to raise our hopes to think Atushi will get this plan to work. He'll be able to help the hunting dogs defeat Sigma. And then our hopes are dashed when Atushi instead decides to save Sigma. And by saving Sigma, makes the agency look even more guilty. I mean, sure, this is still part of the plan. Atushi has to help the hunting dogs defeat Sigma so that Sigma can be taken in alive so that Sigma then reveals where is the page from the book so that Atushi can destroy the page and reveal the agency was framed. But this is a bit much in coincidences that Atushi just happens to screw it up in exactly this way that resets plans and makes everything worse. And speaking of coincidences, we get another really awkward coincidence where it just so happens Fyodor anticipated that the agency would get to Sky Casino and try to get to Sigma, and that's why he dispatched Hawthorne ahead of time to get right out to Sky Casino, because Hawthorne can fly. I mean, yeah, he did in the cannibal arc, so I guess that makes sense. And Hawthorne then can show up and kill Sigma before Atushi gets any information out of them. This is all a bit too much for me. And it's a lot of coincidences and twists. And I get the point that if you're spending your time saying that doesn't make sense, it doesn't work for a story. You should be reading the story and saying 
if it made sense, would that improve your enjoyment of the story? And if it doesn't, then who cares if it didn't make sense? This is still a bit too much for me, but I'll get to those complaints during the audio commentary itself. Given how the manga wraps up this part of the story, if this is indeed a season finale or at least a hiatus until we get part two of season four, it is going to be probably the most depressing finale this anime has had. So far, most seasons of Bungo Stray Dogs could be considered definitive ends to their arcs, still leaving the door open for more episodes, but pretty much if this was the end of the series, you at least got to take care of most dangling threads. Season 1 may have introduced the guild, but it did end the fight against the Mafia for now and secured Atushi and for now Kiyoka's place within the agency. Seasons 2 and 3 had very definitive ends. The agency stopped the guild, stopped the rats. It is the happiest of endings we could have for the moment. But this season? Ending as it probably will? No, this is not the end of the arc itself, and it is not a victory for the agency, and it is not a happy ending. Sigma is now MIA, so the agency can't use them to prove their innocence. So the agency is now still on the run. Kunikita is now limited in using his abilities and in custody of the hunting dogs, and Yosano is about to be executed. Fukuzawa is still arrested, Rompo and other agency members and their allies are still missing, and we're going to see Atushi not only get shot by Hawthorne, but practically put into a coma. I mean, Atushi has his healing ability, but because Hawthorne is literally firing his blood into Atushi's head, it's poisoning Atushi from the inside, and that's harder for him to heal. I mean, that's just perfect, isn't it? That the agency is defeated in so many ways, and it's supposed to galvanize you to think, okay, things are bad, and it's going to make victory even sweeter, but this is a series that has shown you may not have a victory. I mean, Oda didn't come out of this with a victory short of at least he got Dazai out of the Mafia. That's your Pyrrhic victory right there. And, again, assuming that we do get a Season 4 Part 2 or a Season 5, it's going to get worse. You're going to have so many characters die or get injured, and the likelihood they're going to come back to life is definitely a possibility, but it's not going to get better. There have to be ramifications from this arc, or else all the build-up and feeling like we suffered along with the agency, we want to see the agency survive this but after how bleak everything got where people literally died in this arc how can you sit there and say that undoing all that death and destruction and resetting things is going to be a good ending at all what i'm trying to get at is it's a bit much to end season four without giving the audience some kind of hope to a point that it sours feeling like there's any reason to keep engaged with the story when everything you see makes you think it's just going to keep getting worse. I get it. This is supposed to be the dark before the light, but even if you're reading the manga, there's been almost zero light, zero progress by the agency. We can pick little tiny victories. I mean, I'll spoil part of the manga, the fact that Aya, of all people, is able to do something that screws over Fukuchi is really good. But this arc that this season has been gained to, it's still ongoing in the manga. It's not done. I don't blame Studio Bones for thinking, we don't know how the manga's going to wrap this up, so we're not sure what we're doing either in terms of keeping up a tone and keeping the audience hoping things will work out. And I'm hard-pressed as well to find any unambiguous victory on the agency's part. Again, repeating myself, I know that having things be this bleak, this depressing, will make any victory all the sweeter, but Bungo Stray Dogs isn't a series that really functions on characters having unambiguous victories. Do you remember the Azure Messenger arc? That didn't end well for Kunikita. 
the Dark Era arc did not end well for Oda. The Cannibal arc still had that little kid killed by the rats. So I'm worried what is going to get worse. Even if this arc ends with the agency winning, I'm worried when you look at someone like Tanazaki or Yosano, maybe both of them, they'll probably be pressed into the Mafia. Regardless of what the agency does, they're probably going to be lost. And I'm worried Fukuzawa will die because this seems like a clear ending to his arc. We used the anime to show how he met Rompo. We've progressed Rompo's character development to show how he's becoming more like Theodore in planning. And that's very grim as well. And now Fukuzawa faces off against his childhood friend Fukuchi. And he's going to die. And now it's going to be up to Kunikita to rise as a leader. Atsushi and Kyoka to figure out now that we don't have Fukuzawa here to help hamper our abilities. How are we going to moderate our abilities output? You're going to need to recruit new people now that you've lost other members. So this is the opportunity to bring in Lucy, maybe Poe as members of the agency. I mean, I'm worried the agency is not going to be the same. And I'm not sure the anime, especially with how... Why I've seen in merchandising and marketing, it's rare to see an anime be willing to change its core character output and their character designs because you want the merchandise to stay consistent each year and you don't want to change designs or cast makeup. It's that cynical part of how do you make a story not change so that it's good for marketing and that means the agency doesn't change, no one dies, everyone's fine. And how you balance that against this is a pretty grim and dark story where no characters need to leave. That is what life is like. All of this should work. All of this should work that we get a pretty grim ending this season. If I'm feeling legitimate anxiety for these fictional characters, that should mean that Kaka Asagiri is successful, that they were able to make me feel something. And yet, something in this plotting still feels off for how bleak this is getting. And something feels off in the adaptation that these all feel like inevitabilities rather than, oh, this logically is what was going to happen, or it's a fate that can be defied. Like, I'm all over the place. I, I feel like they want this to be inevitable and that you can't fight fates but then they're also trying to encourage you to think, oh no, we can totally undermine this and win. I'm not feeling it. So much of Atushi's talk in this arc has been that, that we can defy fate itself. We just need to get the page from the book and then we can undo all of this damage. But we're also told the book page requires a narrative-like structure, so... How do you write a narrative that makes this all come across as a believable ending? I mean, I appreciate Asagiri doing meta-commentary on the challenges of writing fiction, having taught fiction. Yeah, I get it. This is a challenge for how do you talk about something that is supposed to be mimetic, is supposed to be something realistic, but at the same time is a work of fiction that doesn't have to depend on the rules of our reality it just has to be believable within its own rules and once you include a page from a book that can do anything yeah that kind of breaks the reality of your story it also gets worse because it feels like even the manga itself wants to ignore the book page exists and it's done so periodically you have Fitzgerald bring up there's this page from a book and I can use it to bring my daughter back to life and now help my wife's recovery. And then we've dropped that and haven't really gone back to Fitzgerald's plan. We have Atushi saying, I'll get the page from the book and then I can use that to show that the agency is innocent. But then that gets ignored because, oh, now we got other stories we got to deal with. We got a vampire outbreak. We got Fukuchi seizing a device called One Order that he's going to use to impose fascistic will all over the world. We had Dazai and Theodore in a prison duel. They're basically doing a Saw movie in a prison. All of that feels like the story is getting away from Asagiri. That it's getting away from just get the page from the book and you can stop all of this. And... How passionate I'm being in my frustration with all of this 
should be indicative that, oh, okay, Asagiri's doing a good job as a writer. They're getting me to ponder these questions, but it all feels dispiriting, as if despite all of Atushi's hopes, this is still going to end badly. I mean, I'm trying to anticipate before getting to the episode itself. What's going to be the final scene of this episode? It would not surprise me if we end this episode and this season in a really depressing way. If I'm adapting this manga for this anime and I need an ending, it makes sense to me. Yeah, end it on a sad note. You got plenty of content that you should just put all that together in an ending montage set against music and just show this is how bad things get. There is not a lack of sad material at this point in the manga that you could include. Just pick a sad song, not the season 4 ending theme we've had this year. Make a new song, and you put that song in the background, and you turn off all diegetic sounds to those scenes. It's just a silent pan across Anne's room, and we see Antushi lying comatose in Anne's room. And then it cuts to silent pans of Kunikita and Yosano imprisoned by the hunting dogs awaiting execution. And then you show a familiar sniper aiming at Kunikita's head. And you just had the saddest ending to this season since Oda died. And you can even have a narration where Theodore is bragging about this is his victory. I mean, sure, you can then dash all of that depressing stuff when you have Dazai interrupt Theodore and then you have Atushi wake up and say I know what to do but I think your ending's gonna be this is a really sad conclusion that's not even getting into what I said in the last audio commentary there is still so much more to fit into this episode before this season ends it would not surprise me if we held off on the Tachihara backstory stuff until next season I mean, it's supposed to happen in the Sky Casino arc where you see how Tachihara speaks with Hirotsu, how he is conflicted between being a mafioso and being a hunting dog. But that's a lot to now cram into this final fight against Sigma and a potentially depressing ending. It wouldn't surprise me if we start fresh with part two of the season or at the start of season five, getting into Tachihara's backstory and make that the big reveal how his how his simultaneous ties to both the mafia and the hunting dogs makes him the ideal person who can escape the effects of whatever the decay of the angel wrote onto that page from the book and allows Tachihara to get away from Fukuchi's control too bad even Tachihara's attempts to do that are going to fail as well because again we kind of need an unambiguous victory here. This feels like a series that keeps trying to act like Fukuchi is a mastermind and so good at this when it's like, no, he's not. I mean, given that Aya is going to be able to screw him over, I mean, that's part of the point. I've seen really good criticism saying, yeah, it's because he didn't anticipate Aya and didn't think a little kid could do anything that Fukuchi didn't worry. He was worried about the big, shiny, super-powered people and was ignoring someone who up to now has been overlooked and we get a really good backstory into Aya showing she is someone who was overlooked and diminished and not considered valuable and that makes it all the more important that she secured this victory which would be even better if we had gotten that the first time we saw Aya with Kunikita and we didn't so this all feels like last minute retconning stuff as opposed to let's expand the story out. And not that Studio Bones would have known this when they made the Aya OVA a couple years ago. If if Asagiri had figured out, oh, I'm going to do this with Aya and told Studio Bones, we could have removed the Chuya fan service from the OVA and put in little vague flashbacks into Aya's life to explain why she's dedicated to justice and why she's trying to make a big scene and a start for attention. And that would have been great foreshadowing to set up how Fukuchi underestimated her, but, you know, if you're rewriting the manga, that's easier. It's harder when you're trying to do serialization and figuring stuff out on the spot. So, I have sympathy for Asagiri, but this is still me criticizing what I'm reading. 
furthermore, maybe I'm wrong. I just went on that rant saying Tachihara's backstory won't be shown this season. But what if we do end this episode with both Atushi waking up and Tachihara metaphorically waking up from the effects of the book? I mean, that would be a pretty good parallel. So, I probably got most of this wrong, so let's just go ahead and see how much I got wrong. We begin this live reaction audio commentary to the newest Bungo Stray Dogs episode, that being episode 50 overall, season 4, episode 13, titled Skyfall. I have today's episode pulled up and paused. You can watch this episode on the Crunchyroll website, then pause the episode right before it starts. I will do a countdown, so after I finish saying 3, 2, 1, unpause, you can unpause the episode and watch along with my audio commentary. Everyone ready? Okay, starting the countdown, 3, 2, 1, unpause. This scene makes Hachihara look so much like his brother. Yeah, that was from the manga where Tachihara just looks horrified knowing Teruko's gonna go all out. Something that I'll be curious to spoil a bit going ahead. Yeah, no Akutagawa this season either. So we're either just gonna announce part two of this season or we're supposed to pretend that Atukagawa, Aya, Katai all being here was relevant, as well as the Fukuchi fight. Anyway, Teruko in the manga uses her age ability to just age up one of her opponents to get information out of them as her torture. I kind of hope we skip that. Teruko is someone like the other hunting dogs that they want us to like and think, oh, okay, they got noble pursuits. She's a torturer. You shouldn't like her. Like, why would you like someone who tortures someone for information? That's pretty disgusting after everything we've seen in the last 20 years, 30 years, to sit here saying torturers should be respected. Yeah, this fight against Bakuchi. They're not going to get to it this episode, so is part two coming, or was that just a tease? I'm also kind of disappointed they didn't change this season's opening title sequence, given, you know, Shotachihara as a hunting dog. <laughs> they... no. She says, you don't attack civilians. Well, how is that different from attacking the criminals? Okay, so they are doing this part. This is a little easier to figure out when you are watching the anime than compared to reading the manga because... Here, it's the hair color that lets you know what is really happening. So, yeah, they are going to probably do the part where... Oh, so now we're going to do... Okay. I know that I'm supposed to be approaching this with a more positive attitude. We wait to do the cool color scheme here and not elsewhere in the casino... I think in the manga, it was only one security guard that is here protecting this area. Again, she says you don't attack civilians, but then she says you do attack criminals. I had to shrug this off. A company party. Yeah, these hunting dogs having a company party is just something else. Given that they edited out Fukuchi's drunkenness and other scenes, I can't imagine what their parties are like. Right, she says, don't attack civilians, but then she's going to attack this person like this.
again, that implication that she turns them into infants would suggest what kind of torturing are you doing to an infant? Is the torture that you were de-aged or was the torture that she de-ages you and then is literally beating up a baby? I know the hunting dogs have fans. I understand the argument that you should be able to look at anyone and think, oh, they're so evil, I appreciate they exist here. I don't get and yet Teruko's gonna be able to stop Sigma, so eh. The church in the middle of the desert, I can't remember that in the manga. It was supposed to be that Sigma woke up with a train ticket. Okay, there's the train ticket. The train ticket literally says Skyfall. I didn't remember that. We're also supposed to be told Sigma has lost all their memories. I get that they lost the three years of memories because we're shown later that they were coerced into committing crimes by kidnappers before somehow getting away from them and then ending up with Theodore. They make both Teruko and Sigma look damaged here. I thought the guns came out of the window, so shows how much attention I was paying to the manga. The fact that this series is making me think somehow that at least Kyoka is not torturing people, despite the fact that she is trained in torture, maybe that would be an interesting approach. Show Kyoka and Teruko as two different forms of the same person. There are so many parallels that I wish the series would have gotten into. Tachihara and Atushi here is going to be one of them. Sigma and Atushi we're going to get Sigma and Tachihara as parallels. These just feel like missed opportunities in the process of adaptation. Sometimes sticking so close to the original content doesn't make it better. That's the other thing. Teruko has age manipulation, so how is she able to fight this well? And then we're told, well, the hunting dogs who had their bodies modified to be hardier, and I'm supposed to think, okay, and that explains how she's able to dole out this damage. It's not just her ability. Her body is literally made superhuman, literally made into a Captain America. That's fine, but again, raising stakes without actually letting the audience think how are our heroes go win against people, it's just creating an impossible antagonist. As we see here as well, this is supposed to make Teruko look intelligent, and again, just the fact that the only way she defeats these sonic waves is because she already damaged her ears beforehand. And that we're also to believe she's going to heal that damage to her ears that quickly. And even that, just like, oh, she did it faster before he could attack her. 
again, this just feels like twist upon twist to say, yeah, and again, this is supposed to make Fukuchi, I mean, this foreshadows how evil Fukuchi is and how awful fascism is. And when you have people point their country as an idea over the safety and lives and freedoms of its people, I don't want to ignore what's good in the acting here, but this and good color arrangement here, thank goodness. In the manga, when Teruko says, you cleared the wall, this is who you're now facing, are people that outclass you, they show Teruko alongside Dazai and Theodore to suggest that's where she stands. It's an odd choice to delete. I can't complain too much because Teruko being at the same level of Dazai in terms of cunning and planning... And that's not ignoring that Dazai does enough ass pulls that I could... That she kicked him off I didn't like. I wish it had been she grabs on then kicks him off. I don't remember where Atsushi got that rope. And there's your Star Wars reference being that close to the power supply before you fall over your sky, your cloud city reference. Oh, for crying out loud. This is so silly that it's like Sigma somehow anticipated that this is what Ango would do and already had a contingency. This is again the silliness of a Batman-Superman fight where Superman uses this ability, Batman already anticipated that and uses this ability, but Superman has this ability that overcomes whatever Batman pulls out as the next tool. It gets dull to do a ping-pong ball effect. We need a logical conclusion, and getting logic out of literature is next to impossible. I forget what this is called. It's that type of throat music. Uh, weird aside, listen to an interview Billy West, the voice actor, did about playing Popeye. It's that kind of noise. Yes, Atsushi, your arms were really good to do something there. As someone who's written enough about Hawthorne, I don't know what to do with he creates an A and puts it onto Sigma. The A at least meant something in the Scarlet Letter, or was something that you can read into. How are you going to read anything into it in Bungo Stray Dogs? I, I guess I leap that to anyone who's wanting to do an essay on it. And we do the name drop to the song Reason Being from one of the Bungo ending themes. Or was it an opening theme? I don't like the music. They keep doing this. They don't know where to put the silences in.
I at least appreciate Lucy being like, why are you telling me what to do? Right, so how at odds does she have a rope while Lucy didn't? Lucy is the MVP of this arc, including that line and the fact that she calls him by name. And also she already figured out what to do. I didn't remember Lucy still getting stabbed. Again, Lucy being the MVP of this episode. See, this doesn't feel like, oh, this twist doesn't make sense. Sigma saying, I already prepared against Ongo doesn't make sense. Hawthorne thinking, I'll follow Lucy and this will work. And then it's like Lucy saying, no, there's an obvious solution here. Again, why didn't Ongo predict this? And also, I'm now realizing we cut everything showing Atushi and the others were doing this based on Ongo's plan that Ongo got from Dazai. Slight typo in the subtitles there on always, but if you've seen enough of what I have posted, um, I'm not one to talk about typos. There is a theory what Theodore means by God, but I'll save that for another discussion. The short version is what there is a larger author to all of this. And Theodore's upset that that author's doing all of this. I mean, even the fact that I alternate between calling it the Decay of the Angel, the Decay of the Angels. God is also a silly person that created the platypus if you are a believer, so uh, who, who are you to talk on this about harmony and perfection? What perfection can you find across any belief system? And, of course, that USB will never be repaired. The fact that Tachihara just wrecks it instead of taking it with him, I don't know. The fact that the USB will be fixed later, it works well enough. I wonder if we're going to show the coins in circulation. The manga did show it, or at least showed it as an imaginary spot of it happening. We'll get to this if we get a part two of this season or season five. But the silliness that Tachihara used the exact same name within the Mafia. You're not, you're going to sit there thinking... How did they not figure out Tachihara was a mole earlier, given that he was using the same name? And then you're going to see... Yeah, so... We only got a few minutes left. Yeah, okay, so we had to show the Gein and Hiroshi part to then show this weird flashback. 
assuming this is a flashback and not just a thought experiment. But in any case, what I was going to say is, Tachihara's brother was in the military. Mori obviously did not like Tachihara's brother, and then Tachihara's brother, Tachihara himself, ends up in the mafia. There's no way Mori didn't recognize him. There's no way Mori didn't say, oh, exact same name, I know who this guy is. It's really silly that the Tachihara plot, that stretches believability for me. They cut so much of Tachihara's backstory, including how his family wished that he was the one who died instead of the brother who died in war. I can appreciate this debate about God and using the Oda scene to show that. This music, again, isn't a choice I would have gone with. Again, the subtitle color implies this is all a flashback. I'm still confused when it happened. It had to have been between taking in Yosano and going to Sky Casino. So we're not ending this episode and potentially this season with Atushi's coma? I guess we'll see. Guy Nax in the credits. The boss. So, we're seeing his mafioso part getting in the way of his hunting dog part and splitting his memories. Ending this episode and potentially this season with the focus being on Tachihara, I don't think works. And I know it's like, if you were an um, anime-only watcher, wouldn't you think this is enough? I don't think it is. We haven't gone to see enough of Tachihara for this scene to work. I think we needed those scenes from the manga showing he was an unwanted child. I don't know. Like I said, I will save this for the next season. So instead, this is how we're going to end it with how Sigma is saved. Kind of weird how we're staging Sigma to be like Dazai in opening one. You know I thoroughly enjoy Gogol. I don't like this ending. You are doing the most transparent of cliffhangers. The 
Gogol's here, and we're not going to explain how. Although, once you hear the explanation, and once you think about it, you're like, oh, okay, that does make sense. That's not how I would have ended this season. Showing Gogol ending this season with a to be continued, not a promise of another season. Hi, future me yet again. After watching this episode, I saw the season 5 announcement, which really, this doesn't look like a season 5. This is season 4 part 2. If it's already coming out in July 2023, and it's just continuing this current arc of the story, just make it part of season 4. I know that means it's a longer episode count, but just call it season 4. But whatever. We can see in the new poster, Fukuchi and Fukuzawa facing off. Rompo in the shadow of V, Atushi, and Akutagawa, who, after only appearing in the opening and closing, now appears in the trailer and this poster. And speaking of the trailer, I don't have as much as I want to say about it. It's just going to end up repeating a lot of what I already said in the preamble. What this trailer shows should have been the montage that ended episode 13. It's also why acting like, oh, season four is over, it's, no, season, no, season four isn't over yet, we're still in the middle of it, this trailer just indicates we're picking up right after season four, this is one entire arc, we're not done yet, I get that for many people, they saw this trailer as right after seeing episode 13, so maybe you treat this as a post- credits tease which yeah that would have worked if it had been in the episode proper which appeared on crunchyroll but that's not how it's set up so in this audio commentary i was looking at episode 13 on its own and i still find the ending to that episode to be lacking i won't do a live reaction to the trailer i'll just talk about what appears in it yeah, it gets the job done. It satisfies enough of what you do as a tease. It makes Jono look horrifying, which does help make you hate him, but it does get in the way of any redemption this series is trying to do with him. I thought having the actual United Nations here in the anime was weird. I know the UN appears in the manga by name as well. I just didn't imagine the anime would literally have a building, label it the United Nations, and keep calling it that. There is something to appreciate about Bungo Stray Dog saying, this is our world, but a little different. These nations still exist, but their alliances during global wars was a little different. These new islands and locations are completely different. Maybe just don't call the United Nations. Come up with a brand new name for it to make your world stand out as more fictional. After watching the trailer, I did skim talk online where people are trying to plan out how much this season will adapt. I already got burned on that scene as the opening for season four. Already showed the Fukuchi fight, already showed Bram Stoker, already showed Katai and Aya, and none of that happened this season, so... Me trying to now plan out a season 5, I'm a little skittish. Furthermore, people online were devoting more of their talk, not so much about how many chapters will be adapted in season 5, so much as what light novels could be adapted, which I really hope we don't do that. I don't want a light novel adaptation for this season. If season 5's going to pick up right after season 4, interrupting the momentum of what happens to Sigma and Gogol and Atushi and Ango and Dazai and Fyodor and Fukuzawa and the agency members all locked up, interrupting that with a light novel adaptation is going to get in the way of the overall plot. You don't have as much of a season break to make that work, to reintroduce you to the characters. We're going from the last new episode is in March, the next new episode is in July, I don't think that's enough of a hiatus to warrant a light novel adaptation as a reprieve. Each season of Bungo Stray Dogs has adapted one light novel. It wasn't until season two that they started doing that at the beginning of the seasons. I'm 
having to eat crow a little bit because I had thought that the Fukuzawa and Rompo Light novel would have been better in the middle of season three. Now looking at everything at the start of season four also works. I think if you had done it in the middle of season three, that would have been a reprieve. That would have been a break from the ongoing plot to stop right here and appreciate Fukuzawa is injured. Rompo was really worried about it and show us why they're worried. And then also start saying uh, Fukuchi and Five and Decay of the Angel. That didn't happen. Sorry that season four does make sense as a fresh start. And it's why the Fukuzawa and Rompo light novel adaptation worked in this season. And it worked for two reasons. First, it actually ties into the season four plot. And second, it actually develops Fukuzawa and Rompo. I think that's what a good light novel adaptation needs. It needs to accomplish both, and that's been really hard to do. Season 1 was the Kunikita story, which, yeah, that develops this character, but I don't think fit as well into the overall plot of the season. Aside from, you know, maybe Kunikita and his regard for Atsushi changes, but that is still kind of a stretch. Season 2, kind of unavoidable to not bring up Oda, given how important he becomes to Dazai and everything that comes after for the Port Mafia. Season 3, doing the Chuya 15 light novel, I still don't think was necessary, and yes, we'll talk about Stormbringer in a moment. Rampo and Fukuzawa, that's about the only one where this ties into the plot, and it develops the characters win-win. I know... I had thought that Stormbringer would be the adaptation to start Season 4. Again, a reprieve, an opportunity to get away from the larger story, continue off of Chuya's story, develop him further, because you're really not going to get his development in Season 4 or going into Season 5 at all. I know there are some fans now thinking, oh, Stormbringer's going to be adapted because we haven't gotten to Chuya in a bit, and... Let's develop him a bit before what happens to him in Season 5. But no, it doesn't tie into the series. It doesn't tie into the plot for this season. I would have been happy with it starting Season 4. Having it interrupt and start Season 5 and get in the way of this overall plot with the Decay of the Angel... No, I don't want that. I also saw a talk online where people thought maybe they'll adapt the 55 Minutes light novel because it introduces Standard Island and there are sections of Season 5 that are either on Standard Island or tie into its history, but you don't really need to know anything about Standard Island except it's an island and that's where some of the people meet and that's it. That's literally all you need to know. It's history, it's any culture it has, any military strength it has, any strategy it has for national leaders. All kind of fades into the background as just footnotes. It's informative to watch 55 minutes, but it's not necessary. I don't think adapting it would work when season 5, to avoid the problems of season 4, and this is gain ahead myself for the retrospective video about Season 4. Season 4 was rushed. If you had had three more episodes, I think so much of the season would have worked better. Or you would have had a better ending point for Season 4. I don't want Season 5 to do that. I want Season 5 to have as many episodes as it needs, and that that means... 12 or 13 episodes without having to devote three of those to a light novel, I would rather go in that direction. Please don't adapt another light novel, just focus on getting through this season. What else is in the Season 5 trailer? We're saying up Fukuchi, we finally get to see him emerge as the big bad of this season, which we had 13 episodes in Season 4 and barely did that. What a waste. We should have been saying up Fukuchi not only as this is the guy to watch out for, but this is the bad guy. Just telegraph he is the bad guy. When Jono looks creepier than Fukuchi in the trailer, we have a problem. I know it's supposed to be misdirection, but there are so many shots in the anime where Fukuchi should just look like the villain to emphasize this is the villain. Don't be surprised when we reveal this is the villain. The trailer also introduces Kamui and 
someone with Kamui and Fukuzawa who should look very familiar to you in the audience. Nothing much in the background music did anything for me. The action scenes didn't do much for me. In isolation, they don't work. In the overall structure of what I imagine to be where they take place in the story, these all look like clips that could be from episodes one and two, or rather the first two episodes of the manga being adapted. Maybe those scenes will fit into those moments. The van carrying Yosano exploding, maybe that will fit in really well in the episode that that happens in. In the trailer itself, it's disconnected. It's just weird swerves all over the place. Like, here's Kunikita, and he has no hands. And it's right there, and we're just alighting that. We're walking right by it and acting like we didn't just see it. Here's Katai, and... Why is he here? Why do we care suddenly? It was cool to see him appear in the opening, but why is he now here in this trailer? Why should we care about him when we still have Kenji and Sanazaki? I mean, it makes the trailer look like what it is. It's taking clips from two different episodes and just forcing them in here. Like I said, I'm guessing the clips are from the first two episodes adapting the manga, so one episode where we see how the agency members are attacked, and then another episode where we see Rampo and Ajushi and Akutagawa meeting Fukuchi. From a marketing standpoint, this edit didn't work for me. I mean, it pauses so long at the end at Atukagawa as if they're waiting for the audience to start cheering, which works in a movie theater, but this is a trailer being disseminated online and on television, it just comes across as, and here's a Tukugawa, and you already saw him in the season 4 opening and ending, but he wasn't in the season at all, so we tricked you. It undermines trust in the production, which is a silly complaint to make. Uh, this is equivalent of, I don't like how this comic book had this character on the cover, and that character doesn't appear at all in the comic. I... That complaint has been around for 20-something years, the Wolverine publicity problem. I would appreciate it more if it was a case that you're not allowed to pick up the comic, flip through it, and see if Wolverine's actually in the comic. If you can do that, Wolverine being on the comic is bothersome, but that's not much of a trick in marketing. In anime, I don't get to see every episode of an entire season. When you put a character in the opening title sequence and then never put them in any episode in the season, that's more of a trick. That's a time commitment. That's a, I need to skim through 13 episodes and see is Atukagawa really here, and he's not, so... Yeah, you tricked me, Bones, and... I mean, this is not the worst thing to be bitter about. We got bigger problems we're dealing with, but this is definitely a, uh, that's disappointing. I know I am being so negative about all this, and it's not the worst thing in the world. And I'm looking forward to seeing this new season because I want to see Bram Stoker. I want to see I. I want to see how they pull off that part of the story. I'm just not as excited about these other details. And some of that is because we're now going to get to a bit of a lull in the manga adaptation. We're going to get what happens to Atsukagawa, we're going to get the vampire outbreak, and then we're going to get the airport, and those parts of the stories do drag out. It's not the good pace the manga had up to now, which Studio Bones then rushed even faster. As I say that aloud, maybe this will work for Studio Bones' benefit. I don't think there is much you can rush in Season 5, and maybe... The fact that there is so much you could probably cut from these lulls in the manga will work to make a more compelling set of episodes for season 5, which now undermines my entire point about we need the three more episodes, please don't do a light novel adaptation. So, I'm just contradicting myself all over the place. I would feel better if we didn't do the light novel adaptation because there is stuff from the first half of this season or rather the there is stuff from season four that i hope will be handled in season five more about sigma's backstory more about tachihara's backstory that let's devote attention to those details and not cut them further in season five i just don't feel 
the kind of excitement I think others in the audience do for this trailer. I hope I'm wrong, or rather, I hope fans get a lot out of this. Right now, I'm just boongoed out. And now, back to past me. I'm going to wrap up there because I don't want to get into all of the negatives just yet. The next time I put out any audio and video, I'll talk about this season in retrospection, how it worked, how it didn't work. But for now, I'll have you start with that question. What have you thought of this season of Bungo Stray Dogs up to now? Did you enjoy it? Did it work? Are you new to the anime and this worked for you? Or were you reading the manga and even with changes from the manga, it still worked for you? Please share your thoughts in the comment section or send me an email, derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. I'll respond to those remarks in the next video and audio release, that being the retrospection on this season of Bungo Stray Dogs. If you have enjoyed these commentaries, please consider contributing at coffee.com slash Derek S. McGrath or patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. Thanks to contributors Alec Roach, Emily Lauer, and Alexis Duran. And thank you for listening to what has now been a season of these audio commentaries. Like I said, I will do a retrospection on the season as a whole, but looks like this will be a wrap on audio commentaries in the near future. I have other projects I'm working on. You can watch my Sunday morning live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. on YouTube and Twitch at Derek S. McGrath. I talk about new manga releases each week. I will be covering a new chapter of Bungo Stray Dogs soon in that live stream. And I will be returning to an American literature survey course that I am designing. It's not a four-credit course. It's just an informal, not-cred, not-affiliated with any university course. Just going through early American literature, anything before 1865. I've been doing that as live videos. I took a hiatus. I'm going to return to it as a video vlog series and podcast series. You can check that out. I'm in the process of working on. I want to get all of those. I want to get all classes of that course put together first before I start uploading them again. But look for that in the near future. You can keep checking out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Derek S. McGrath for more details. But until I get to the Bungo Stray Dog Season 4 Retrospection, I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good day. Bye.